Welcome back, fans of Get the Ball Rolling. We are back here today. It's a beautiful uh, May day here in southern Utah, and it is time to get the ball rolling. Hey guys, I'm back. Uh, this podcast, we're back uh, talking to coaches. I've set up a couple interviews. Uh, well, today we'll have an interview on this podcast. We'll have an interview, and then next week, sometime, uh, no, no specific date set, hundred percent. But we will also be having another interview. I'm super excited, super stoked. I absolutely love doing interviews. Uh, I think it b- provides the fans of the podcast. It provides uh, fans of the uh, of the team. It provides. Pretty much an overall experience that I don't think you can find anywhere else. When you can sit down and you can make a college football program, however big, however small, feel personable to to each and each individual. It's it. I know I haven't had any any like uh, you know Alabama, Clemson, the the super big programs, but honestly, I think that. Each program in FBS, FCS, Division Two, II, Division Three, NEI, each football program is special, and it's special for the fans. It's special for the sport. I absolutely love college football, and I love providing people the opportunity uh, to to become one with it. Honestly, uh, I feel like as a fan, you want to have the most. Uh, or should I say the best experience out there? And then the best experience is being involved within the team, knowing where your team is going. You don't want to see uh, dysfunction. You don't want to see uh, bad press about your team. The best part about sports is when you can sit down, you can listen, you can hear good media, uh, get you excited for the season, get you excited for each individual Saturday or, or Friday, depending on where, where when you play. But just get excited. And that honestly is what f- fandom is all about. Sports are weird that way. You know, how many, there's not many places in the world where you can pack uh, an arena of over 100,000 to watch a sport, a game being played. College football is just one of those special experiences. And like I said, it, what, why I'm trying to get these interviews is to vo- provide you guys with the knowledge, get you guys excited, and overall, well, I guess the knowledge about your team, uh, maybe knowledge about a team that you've never even heard of, that you didn't even know how to football program. But that's why I'm back. Super stoked for today's podcast. There's a lot of a lot of fun segments coming up. Stay tuned. So here's the big reveal. Uh, get the ball rolling, fanatics. We will have the New Hampshire University of New Hampshire Wildcats coach Ricky Santos on on the show a little bit later today. I want to give you guys a little bit uh, background in the in the conference in which they play. Get a little bit background of the program as a whole, and then give you a little bit background on him as a coach. He's an amazing individual, a lot, uh, lot of cool stuff about Coach Santos. Uh, super excited. Stay tuned for the rest of the podcast. Let's get it going. As I said before, we're going to be talking to University of New Hampshire coach Ricky Santos. And the New Hampshire Wildcats are really rich. It has a really rich uh, football history. I guess that would be the term that I would I would deem uh, as as a member of the FCS, they've actually had a ton of appearances into the FCS playoffs. They've had a lot of success there as well, uh, playing there. But the the main success story comes from behind the the head coach, and that's Sean McDonald. Uh, he became the coach in 1999. And he's the current head coach 
of the New Hampshire Wildcats. He has an overall record of 181 to 112. So he's been in a lot of football games uh, at the helm conducting this football team. And overall, he's been he's been really consistent is what I, I'd say. It, you know, when you can go, uh, you know, as long as he is gone and just be as consistent as you possibly can, that that's what's really really impressive to me. I mean, 1999, I was two years old. I mean, I was two years old. That's 20? That's 20 years ago, right? Or in 2019, I was two years old. I was just a little baby when he uh, began coaching there. Uh, he's had a lot of success. Under him, they've had 28 postseason games. And his record, obviously, 14 and 14. Uh, just because you know when you if you win one then you're obviously if you don't win the championship overall you're you lose one so 14 and 14 but he has made quite a few appearances his first appearance was in 2004 and he went 2004 ready 2005 2006 2007 2008 2009 2010 2011 2012 2013 14 15 16 and 17 he made it so think of the, about the consistency that he had that's 14 years in a row in which he his he got his team ready to play in the FCS playoffs. So he obviously is a very knowledgeable coach, and he and he's solid at the helm. Uh, for those of you that are into the FCS playoff uh, division, the, the, that uh, that division, uh, they play in the Colonial Athletic Conference. It used to I I actually didn't know this, but it used to be where Navy played uh, back uh, quite a while ago. Uh, it, it's expanded has a lot of different um has a lot of different sports under it it's a it's an awesome conference and it's it's mainly from uh the northeast uh, Maine being the top and i believe richmond is the furthest south it goes so it it's it lines the eastern seaboard it's a great conference uh so like I said, we're going to have uh, Coach Ricky Santos on, on the show. And what's really cool about uh, Coach Santos is that he was actually uh, a player here at at the University of New Hampshire. And I think it is really impressive when somebody that plays at a place has enough love to come back and and be and be as successful as he was and then translate that success of his career into – helping others build and develop that it's it's actually uh super impressive there are only four jerseys ever retired in university of new hampshire football program and he is one of them he was number two he played between 2004 and 2007 so as you if you guys are are paying attention and uh being quick on your feet 2004 was the first playoff appearance by uh coach sean mcdonnell uh they played in they got to the quarterfinals that year uh lost the game to montana 2005 they also made it to the quarterfinals lost a heartbreaker by three to northern iowa 2006 they made it to the quarterfinals lost by a touchdown to to umass and then in 2007 they lost in the first round by three to northern iowa again so it is really cool to be able to say that you're going to be talking to somebody that has been in that position to play been in that position to 
to win. I mean, you've you've got wins on your resume in the champion in in the playoff. I mean, he beat Georgia Southern as a quarterback. He beat Colgate. At, he well thumped Colgate fifty five to twenty one in two thousand five. He beat Hampton. So you have when you have a coach that has that amount of that amount of experience uh, running the helm, uh, knowing you know different checkdowns, looking at the defense, being able to pick them apart. That's that's honestly what football is all about. You know, being successful as a player, coming back and then giving back uh, into it. He anyway, so he had a very successful year. Uh, if you follow uh, the University of New Hampshire, obviously you know that name. If there's only been four jerseys ever retired, and you're one of them, that's 25 percent of the jerseys. I'd say that's a pretty good uh, resume. So, I, like I said, I'm super super excited to have him on the show. Looking forward to the season. Um, it's really going to be an interesting season for University of New Hampshire. We know that they didn't they didn't obviously make the playoffs in 2018, but that does not mean that they're they're not going to make it this year. This team is stacked. And honestly, their schedule is pretty favorable in order to get back. Um, we're going to go through the schedule really quick, really quick. They play their first home opener is actually against Holy Cross. Uh, they they want they beat Holy Cross last year. Uh, they did play at home uh, in New Hampshire that game. They beat them last year. Then they then they stay on the road. Then they play against Florida International. Now Florida International is an FBS team, and one of the things that I really love uh, about the the opening parts of college football is that these FCS programs have an opportunity to go on the road. Usually, I'm not going to say all the time that the big programs stay at home, but usually, uh, you know, a team like New Hampshire, they go on the road uh, and they go and they try to upset, right? Everybody, everybody's going to be saying, oh, you know, the, the FBS team should beat them. But we've seen time and time again that that is not the case. I mean, think about Appalachian State beating Michigan, going into the big house and beating Michigan. That's what makes this so much fun for me is that you can see these teams like New Hampshire that, you know, they might not, that, that, that FIU, they might be heavily fa- favored and they go in and they can, make, they can make some noise. They can disrupt it and overall they could show weaknesses and that could totally be a downer on the season. This is awesome. I mean, you look, uh, two years ago, I believe it was, uh, UNLV played Hampton, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm going to have to ch- fact, ch- fact check that, but they were like 55 point underdogs. Uh, Cam Newton's little brother, I believe was the quarterback there. And they actually ended up beating UNLV. It was like the biggest, uh, underdog story in like, you know, the books had them losing by that amount and they ended up winning. I think it was only by two points, like 57 to 55. If I remember correctly, like I said, I'll do a fact check. Make sure that I'm getting my facts, but this is just going off of memory. So they have something like that. You can go in. I mean, a Mountain West opponent, no one thought they were going to win. They can go in. They can disrupt it. And that's what I'm going to be saying for New Hampshire. They can go in. They can make some noise. And overall, they could get an upset against Florida International. Afterwards, they uh, come back home for their first Colonial Athletic game against Rhode Island, then home against the Duchesne Dukes, home against Elon, and then they go on the road to road uh, like on the road games, they play at Stony Brook, at Delaware, which both teams uh, made the, the FCS playoffs last year. So, oh, and Duchesne did, but uh, so definitely going to have some, a little bit of a, a, a tough stretch for them, but not, not to be, not to be mistaken. They're definitely capable of getting these wins. Um, no, then they play home against Nova. And then this is where it gets fun is they play at James Madison, at Albany, and then home against Maine. 
to finish out the season in Maine was the CAA, Colonial Athletic uh, Association, uh, champion last year. So it's going to be really interesting when you can get the champion in your house last game of the season. I mean, could you imagine if that was the game to put you uh, into the FCS playoffs? That has everything riding on it. And like I said, I won't be releasing any my predictions on wins, losses, uh, over-under type, type of things until as we get closer. I'll go through everybody that I've interviewed and we'll go through their schedule. But honestly, this is a very favorable favorable schedule for the New Hampshire Wildcats. And I say that because, when, like I said, this is the amount of sp- uh, experience that the coaching staff has. And all the success that they have had. 14 straight years. You know, you can have maybe uh, a, a downer year, right? You might have a bad year. It might have not worked. You might have had injuries. You might have had there could have been a million reasons why you might not be successful in one year. But the best thing about sports is that you had to keep you keep this mentality of, oh, well, whatever happened, happened. We're going to go forward with it. And I'm really excited. Like I said, uh, Coach Ricky Santos up next. We'll be having him on the phone. Super excited. Stay tuned. Uh, fans of Get the Ball Rolling and Wildcat Nation out in New Hampshire. Okay, after that ad break, uh, we'll be calling in Coach Ricky Santos from UNH. Uh, Give me a second, guys. We just have to set this up, and then we will be back to you and bring you an in-depth interview with him. Uh, I hope to talk about the the spring game, uh, goals going into the spring game. and overall, what are the goals for the season? Where do we see 2019 coming from a coaching perspective? Uh, what are some some rising stars that might be that we might need to be looking for this season? And overall, get you guys excited for this upcoming college football season. So stay tuned, and let's get the ball rolling. All right, we are here today with Coach Ricky Santos from the University of New Hampshire Wildcats. Coach, how's your day going today? Yeah, Hello. Hello. Yeah, are you? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Day's going great. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, awesome. So, Coach, how long have you coached at the University of New Hampshire? So I just got back uh, beginning of March. I was at Columbia in the Ivy League, uh, New York City, for the last three years, and then prior to that, uh, I had coached here as well, coaching receivers for three years. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so I, I noticed that you're back. You actually played for, for New Hampshire. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. So I graduated 2007 um, and played played four years, started uh, well, redshirt. So four and a half years, started four years as head quarterback. So same head coach, same athletic director, a lot of the same people in place that were that were there at that time. Wow, that, that's, uh, that's really cool. That's um, I think anytime that you can go back to your alma mater and, and help them out, help the, help develop the players, that's a really cool opportunity. So, uh, as, like I said, as I was looking through the, the stats and, and, and everything, I saw your name come up and you were a really successful quarterback. Like you said, uh, what, how does being a successful player translate into being a successful coach? Well, I think there's a couple things that go into it. I think, uh, you've, obviously been in the shoes of these student athletes and have gone through it and understand the grind that is college athletics. I mean, you know, it's a full-time job uh, being a student athlete at this level. And then 
and then obviously having to do academics as well, which is critically important. So, I mean, I think just being in their shoes, understanding the time constraints and, and what it takes to manage that and um, some of the hardships that you, you might, you know, happen, you know, trying to balance those classes, your, your first semester being away from your parents is always really tough. So I think just having that ability to, you know, be a sounding board for these student athletes and kind of when they're going through the hard times, their first couple of years, just letting them know, you know, listen, we've been through that. These are some of the, the coping mechanisms that we use to help us become successful. And I think it helps out in, in terms of that as well. And then, then obviously on the field, you know, having success and playing quarterback, typically the, quarterbacks have to have full understanding of the entire offense and what goes into it. So um, I think that helps me as well, being able to teach not just that position, but give a good perspective on all the positions and how they fit. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, uh, I, 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 I run cross country, and so uh, I know a little bit, I mean, not not quite to the extent of football and the, and the time and stuff like that, but going into it, getting in dorm life, getting your college classes, I can I can see that being helpful um, having somebody to talk to. So as a coaching staff, what do you think, what, what would you say your main goals going into spring camp were, and do you feel like you guys accomplished those cool goals during spring camp? Well, for us, uh, you know, one of the goals were to, you know, figure out who the, who the starting quarterback was going to be. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't think we've gotten there yet. We have a couple kids who have emerged as the front runners. We have a, a redshirt freshman uh, from Massachusetts who's really talented, and a true freshman who enrolled early from Georgia. I think those two kids have kind of stepped ahead of everyone else. It'll be a, a two-man race going into fall camp. So I think that was one of our goals, and we're getting closer to that. And then I think another thing for us offensively was just. Um, getting back to some basic offense and, and getting good at some quick game and some RPOs and just perfecting our fundamental stuff. You know, last year we took a little bit of decline in terms of offensive production. So I think just kind of getting back to basics and fundamentals um, and figuring out who our guys are going to be. So, you know, we've, we've, done a, we've done a pretty good job. Um, you know, I think offensively we're going to have a really good – really good offensive line, really good run game, and we got to get a lead on those guys going forward. So I think we've, we've accomplished some of those goals. That's awesome. Yeah, I was I was actually – that was my next question to see if you guys had named a starting quarterback, but it looks like you won't until uh, as we get closer into the fall. I have not named them yet. Yep, we still got some work to do in the fall camp. Okay, okay. That's Yeah, I was looking – as I was going through uh, the, the returners and stuff like that, it looks like you guys have three – uh, super talented running backs coming back to play for you. And what is that like to have like three really talented guys to, to use not only in the run game, but in the, the passing game as well to, you know, like a, a new quarterback stepping up into to the into that role? I think it's huge. I think it's huge for a couple reasons. I mean, first of all, it's going to take a lot of pressure off the young quarterback, whoever that may be. We're going to be able to establish a run game, control the clock a little bit, uh, protect our defense, which is huge because those guys are really, really talented on that side of the ball. So I think, you know, being able to take some pressure off, um, and then and then I'll also just kind of put some wear and tear in the defense. I think when you can run the ball successfully, um, you know, it, you can you can really impose your will on your opponent, and I think that's something that we're going to lean on going forward, uh, definitely next year. Okay, that that yeah, I was. I think that's that. I think you you nailed that on the head. You got to be able to to wear down the defenses. I mean, we know in today's day and age, a lot of the the they go to the spread or the air raid. They they want to pass, but I think being able to you know get four, five, six yards a rush 
I can really wear down a defense during the course of a game. Um, sure. And yeah. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. No, I was just, I was going to say, absolutely. We've always, we've been a, a spread offense and um, we, we've aired it out in, in the course of the last 20 years when this system has evolved. Um, but I think we're also, we're multiple enough. We can play to the strengths of our offense. You know, we've, historically had really good receivers, really good quarterbacks, and we've kind of leaned on those guys. And I think this, not that we haven't had good running backs, we have, but sometimes that's kind of been our focal point where now I think we're we're multiple enough and we can adapt where we can we can make the running game our strength. Yeah, for sure. So as I was looking through, again, at the, the stats and the history books and stuff, you guys, New Hampshire had went to 14 straight FCS playoff appearances you were able to play in the playoffs. You were able to coach in the playoffs. What is it like, uh, like playing in the FCS playoffs, coaching the FCS playoffs versus just regular season football? Uh, it, it ramps it up. It's win or go home. Um, the stakes are that much higher, and it's it's ultimately what what you work so hard for. I mean, you're only guaranteed 11 games out of the year, um, and that's why I think our sport is so unique. You train the majority of the year spent training and in anticipation for those moments and you have to be at your best those 11 weeks so you know the fact that we've we've done that we had done that 14 straight years and, and been a, a top 24 team in the country obviously that makes them and then back then it used to be only 16 teams that made it when i was a player uh, i think that's really really cool and you know the fact that i was able to play on the number one team in the country and then and then coach on the number one team in the country is pretty pretty cool as well but i think ultimately it's it's just that much more high stakes and it's it's what our ultimate goal as a program is is to win a national championship and have national recognition and and we've been able to do that and we've been able to to compete for that yeah i think yeah like i said i was looking through that i mean they there was a lot of success um out of this program and and uh, going, looking back, looking at the national rankings, you guys have been ranked very high. And, and also, I mean, in the conference that you guys play in, there's a lot of pretty notable teams as well. A lot of high rankings out of the conference too. So you guys are playing some, some serious competition as well. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Missouri Valleys with the North Dakota States and Northern Iowa and those schools, you know, the top part of that conference is really, really strong. You can play with anyone in the country in the big sky, obviously. But I think from top to bottom, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better conference than the CAA um, year in and year out. You know, we're, we're having guys that compete. You know, last year, Maine was picked in the bottom uh, bottom half, you know, maybe 8 out of 12, and, and they go undefeated and win the conference. So there's stories like that all the time of just – teams that aren't expected that come and have, have a national dominance. So, I mean, it's a really, really fun week. And I think that also bodes well for us to be battle tested by the time it comes to playoffs as well, because we're facing that stiff competition every week. Yeah. And, and Maine actually went on out of your guys' conference. They, they beat Weaver state in the quarterfinals. They were able to move on to the semifinals. If I remember correctly yeah, last year, yeah, too, that, so. that was the, that was the best season they've had in school history. It was, uh, I mean, they're, they're our storied rival, you know, yeah. we've played them for, for over a hundred years, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if, if it's not going to be us there, we're obviously we're rooting for a team in our conference just to show how tough we are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a, that's one of the reasons why I, I decided to cover the CAA as I was uh, starting, you know, uh, interviewing people and stuff. I was like, you know, this is a really talented conference. And I, like I said, I saw the rankings where they had main pick and they go out to win it. And I, you know, year in, year out, I mean, you guys are, 
are are there. Elon's there. James Madison is there. Stony Brook is there. Like you guys have a lot. There's a lot of talent. Uh, in well, the yeah. CAA. I mean, it's, historically, it's, it's been the Southern schools that have competed for national championships, and and now with with Stony Brook coming into the league a handful of years ago, and Albany and Rhode Island is just vastly improved. They were very they were very good last year. Then obviously Maine Maine has been tough. They found they have a niche and recruit tough kids, and and they find a way. So I mean, I think from top to bottom now, it's a, it's a very complete conference. Yeah. Alrighty. So I just have one more. Uh, well, a couple more questions here. Uh, this is kind of a fun one. Uh, a lot of my uh, my friends and the, the people I, I produce the podcast with, we always ask this question to the FCS coaches, and that is you guys have a playoff system uh, that we were talking about earlier where you're able to, yep. to win, right? Do you think yep. that the FBS would benefit from expanding the playoff system? Uh, I mean, through your experience you're able to play, do you think it would be a benefit for like the FBS to expand as well? I do, I do. I mean, I think, you know, the benefits for us is each, you know, each conference feels like that they have a serious stake in who can potentially be a national contender and, you know, with the, with them giving that automatic bid. Um, and then I think there's always, it's not like other sports where you play a best of five, best of seven. It's, it's one and done. And any given Saturday, I think teams could, could shock and upset some people. And, and I think the fans want to see that. Um you know, I mean, it's it's going to be tough for. Uh, I mean, we have twenty four teams. It used to be sixteen. So whether whether they ever did that, if it's sixteen or twenty four teams, you know, whether they could beat an Alabama or Clemson if they make number one, that, who that's that's yet to be seen. But I think the fans want to see it. I think it's good for uh, good for college football. Um, and and I think it's everyone wants to see them play it out on the field and not some committee in an office and, and no one knows how the rankings go out. So yeah, I, I can't. I couldn't agree with you more. I think. Uh, I think there's a lot of pageantry to college football, like you said. Uh, at any given Saturday, I mean, you guys have to. It, it matters. The the only this is the only sport that that every Saturday matters because if you lose or you lose a couple, like you're not you're not going any further. You lose one or no, two games, no. you're done. Your season's done. So I think the intensity. Uh, yeah, there's nothing just, like it. It just magnifies everything in this sport, and each, as you say, and each individual down and quarter and game matters so much. And, um, you know, ultimately, that's why I really enjoy it. All right. Okay. Last question for you today. And this is more for Wildcat Nation out there in New Hampshire. Are there any rising stars um, that we may not know about in uh, like going into the season that we need to be looking for offensive, defensive side? Uh, rising stars. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about the, the couple the quarterbacks, the kid Max Brosmer, the tr- he's a true freshman from from Georgia, um, has positioned himself to potentially be the starter. Um, so I think he's somebody people have to have to keep an eye on. Um, there's a, a redshirt freshman running back, Dylan Lobby from Long Island, New York, who has just been so dynamic. Um, and you know he's pushing our pushing the starter Carlos Washington every day, and he's doing a really really good job. So I would say those two guys are some definitely someone to look for. Awesome. Well, put it down, Wildcat Nation. Those are a couple guys to be looking for for this next year. Well, thank you so much, Coach, for coming on the show. We're super excited to have you on here, and good luck this season. I'll be watching here uh, down here in southern Utah to see how the season unfolds. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yep, have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. That was Coach Ricky Santos from the University of New Hampshire. As I said before, 
It was awesome to have him on the show today. A lot of uh, interesting points that he made. I'm really excited to see you uh, at the quarterback position. You know, he said that they hadn't named a starter, uh, for sure starter yet. And when, as a coaching staff, when you sit down and you start to think about uh, overall what you're going to do for the season, I think that that is a great uh, thing to do without not like not naming the starter too early, right? Uh, as a as a runner, the the summer training is the most important part. Uh, you can have a good spring and have a decent track season, have a great track season, but if you don't put in the work during the summer, you're not going to you're not going to do anything in the fall. You're going to be sitting on the bench. I mean, in cross country bench, if you want to call it that. But you're going to be you're going to be sitting there. You're not going to be able to. Uh, to be able to run or compete, so I think that that kind of translates into football. You don't have to, you don't have to name a starter because now that both those guys are going to be working their butts off over the summer, trying, you know, trying to compete for that starting position. That is super cool. Uh, it was also really good to hear about his experience as a quarterback and then his experience, you know, coaching. Now I think that uh, is one of the coolest parts about sports is when you can give back uh, into your your university, back into everything you know he obviously had a very successful career as a player uh he coached the wide receivers went away for a while like he said to columbia university and now he's back i think that's awesome to come back to to build up uh the program and like i said these guys are in a very tough conference what we discussed uh the caa being a very difficult conference as well uh very competitive conference uh he we mentioned maine you know, starting at uh, towards the bottom, going undefeated and winning it last year. So, I think for all of you college football lovers, or if you're looking to watch more, follow more college football, I think the CAA is a great place to start. I think you know everyone wants to follow the big FBS conferences, but down here in the the FCS, they're just as competitive. They're just as uh, just as impressive. Uh, so, I'm really excited to see where these New Hampshire Wildcats go this next year. I think there's they have a lot of upside and they're going to be they have a really awesome schedule that sets up really well for them, bodes very well for them. So, uh that was just uh that was the end of this is the end of the show. Uh tell your friends about get the ball rolling. I'm like I said I'm now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google at get the ball rolling. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram also at get the ball rolling. Tell your friends, tell your family members, anyone that loves college football, this is a perfect podcast for you. Uh, Until next time, I will be signing off.